Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, today, I'm fortunate to sit down with Haha. Haha's a uh, stencil artist from Melbourne. How are you going? Uh, yeah, I'm totally awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting here uh, outside your studio in North Melbourne. It's uh, yeah, it might yeah. be a bit of a uh, bit of sound, but uh, it's it's very nice here in the in the garden. Totally. I, I feel like I'm in the countryside. Oh yeah, yeah. This is like a meditative place yeah. for hippies. Yeah. And like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. So you you you've been uh, exhibiting under your your own name as well. Uh, you're trying to do both. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's what? How do you say your surname again? It's Tamanui. Regan Tamanui. Yeah, yeah. Tamanui. It's a Maori name. Uh, it means uh, big boy. Big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's quite apt for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, all my ancestors were big boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you you're Maori, are you? Oh uh, yeah, I'm a New Zealand Maori. Yeah. Like, I'm a uh, North Islander. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, like, what made you move to Australia from New Zealand? Um. Oh. Uh. To be honest, like. Uh, me and one of my mates were sitting in this cafe in Wellington and we thought, hey, hey man, we should like uh, move to Melbourne and two weeks later we were here. Yeah. back in the early 90s. Oh, no, no, sorry, the mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah, 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 96 to be precise. Yeah. Yeah. And did you have any plans or you just, um, you, you just said, let's just Oh, no, just there was jump. no plans. It was just like something out of the blue and we thought we'd do it and we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon it was the best move I ever made. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're still here, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Have, have you been home much? Oh, uh, yeah, I go back two or three times a year. Oh, that's to, pretty uh, good. Hang with my parents, stuff like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. So it's good that you're nice and close. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's only a three and a half hour trip. Yeah, yeah. Not by boat though. Uh, oh no, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we like were you into art before you moved over here? Uh yeah yeah. Like uh, ever since I was five, I always knew I was going to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to just draw stuff like UFOs, aliens, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same as me. Like when I was a kid, I used to always say that. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'd always say an artist. Oh yeah, 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 totally. And, yeah, it was weird. Like, for, I didn't pursue it until like I was in my late teens. Like, didn't like get into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my uncle going, "Oh, what, do, what do you want to be when you grow up?" And I said, uh, "An artist." And he goes, "You're just gonna be a bullshit artist." And got me in the headlock. And I was just like, yeah, right, "That's awesome." <laughs> Uncles. So yeah, so here I am bullshitting with you, you know. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so like, uh, like, so being into art as a kid, like, you just did you like have other other interests as well, or you just sort of pursued the art and just knew um, that yeah, you were quite headstrong and that's oh, where yeah, you wanted yeah. to go. I did think I was going to be either a uh, cult leader or an astronaut as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, but like, I think being an artist is way easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not serious. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why cult leader? That's a bit of an um, interesting one. I was kind of, uh, uh, when I was a kid, I was brought up at Jehovah's Witness, mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a, a cult religion. Yeah. Um, and always fantasized about being an anti Jehovah's Witness cult leader. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you didn't like being brought up at Jehovah's Witness? Oh, no, no. As soon as I left home, it was like, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have to do any door knocking as a kid? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did actually. But yeah. I didn't really like it. I. I uh, didn't like uh, door knocking on my friends at school on, on their place because like um, like they would tease me the next day when I go to school. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. of course, being a Maori, I could just beat them up. Yeah, yeah. you get twice the size of all of them. Eh? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like when you got to Melbourne, like uh, like what what how did you get set up? Uh, oh, I, I've got uh, heaps of uh, cousins over here. Like um, like. In the 80s, there was a big, massive influx of uh, Kiwis moving to Australia for work mm -hmm. uh, in the mining industry. So I had heaps of cousins who were over here because of that. Yeah. And uh, I just stayed with them. Okay. Yeah. So you come straight to Melbourne or you go other places first? No, I came to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. And like I um like when I first met you, it was like 2004, and you you were living at Blender Studios. Oh yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like how how'd you um get like get in with all those guys? Um. Well, Doyle, uh, who started up the first Blender Studios, he uh, lived across the road from me, so I was living in Queensbury Street, uh, opposite the art house, mm-hmm. and he had a warehouse on the other side of the street, and he was getting kicked out, so he got his um, landlord to find him another building, and then they got the blender pretty cheap as well. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. And you, and you, you were living there as well? Uh, yeah, so like when I moved out of my studio, um, I moved into the blender. Pretty much. Yeah. And just stayed there until we got kicked out in 2004, I think. It could have been 2005, I can't remember. Yeah. Because no, it would have been 2005. I'm pretty good with my years at that time. Cause, oh, yeah. Just because I, I moved around a lot and I knew where I was each year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. They didn't blend into each other as much, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was a pretty interesting time because that was uh, when, like, street art was really kicking off in Melbourne. Like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you totally. Know, Especially I'm, the stencil scene. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember going in there and... um. Like just not really knowing anyone, but um, but then uh, like I got to know like you and Roan and Wrecker and there was there was a whole bunch of you guys like yeah, working yeah. out of there at the same time. It was like um, so it was like the new generation, I guess. Oh, yeah, 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 pretty because much. Because before that, there ha- there hadn't really been street artists in Melbourne. Like I guess there was like yeah, the, yeah. the guy that did the cone heads in the eighties and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, Marcos Davidson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there was Markster and yeah, people yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But um. Yeah, but I guess they were like you. Were, you guys were like the the next generation after them. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah who who was in there at that time? Um, so there was like uh, Roan, Sink, uh, sixteen from uh, Sweden. Um, oh, uh, uh, there may have been a few others. I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, but like I uh, also met all these people from overseas who would uh, crash there as well. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what, like, how'd you get kicked out of there? Because you know how there was, because um, it's still going now, isn't it? Oh yeah. No, the um, the land, uh, the the site was going to be developed, uh, but then it didn't uh, come to fruition after we got kicked out. Oh, okay. So they rented out as like uh, storage for some uh, companies or business, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And what uh, what got you into making stencils? Uh, I saw heaps of stencils on the streets, like uh, Sam, uh, Markster. Uh, and a shitload of political stuff, like anti, like Howard, anti-refugees. I mean, sorry, pro-refugee uh, stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what? Um, and what made you gravitate towards the uh, Ned Kelly image? Um, oh, a lot of things. Like um, I uh, read a lot of books on Ned Kelly as well when I came uh, before I came here. Like in New Zealand, like you, you learn about Australia through social studies, like Indigenous stuff and Aboriginal and uh, Australian history. And Ned Kelly was one of the, the topics. Um, but like, uh, I thought, oh, wow, maybe I should spray Ned Kelly without a, a, his mask. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like unmask the uh, the legend. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And it just went from there. Yeah. But like, uh, to be honest, like when I was doing it back then on the streets, I didn't think it will uh, have any impact on the, you know, the, the street art scene wouldn't have any in- impact uh, in the future, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I guess with all those type of things, it's just you, you just do what you're doing at the time. You're not thinking about the future. Oh yeah, that's it's right. It's quite. Yeah. It's the best. It's most like organic way of doing things, isn't it? It's like oh, you're yeah, doing definitely. it because you you choose to do it. And you want to do it right then and there. And yeah, yeah. And then um, with no uh, you know, no forward thinking about like this is going to lead me here or there. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
It's um, are you blown away that you've uh, you know, you've made a living off off like a stent as being oh, a yeah, stencil yeah, artist? Totally, yeah, because like prior to doing stencils, I was uh, doing oil paintings mm-hmm. and I had a few exhibitions, but nothing sold, if you know what I mean. Mm. And then I started to incorporate um, stencils into my artwork until I got rid of the oil paintings and just went with um, stencil art. Yeah, 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 because I like. I, I found that you approached um, stenciling like like you you were really heavy with it like a, a graffiti artist like oh, I remember yeah. because I I've been living overseas so I came back to Melbourne in two thousand and four and that's when Blender was like you know thriving yeah yeah and I remember seeing your stencils all over the streets they'll be like remember there was hoarding around uh, Melbourne Central because they were renovating it or something and you'd you'd hit it like one after the other after the other like with the Ned Kelly heads and oh, it was yeah, almost yeah. like um like how a graffiti artist would like just do tag after tag you know but yeah, like yeah. whereas a lot of other stencil artists would just do one here and, and, and another one somewhere else and yeah, you, totally. you know what I mean like one yeah, in yeah, every, yeah. every laneway it was quite um it was good how you did it, it was really impactful oh like, yeah, yeah cool like but, um at the time I didn't think anything of it but like um I used to have this house in Sandringham and um I had a uh, Stanley and Meow from the 70k, they were staying with me, and um, they kind of had a bit of an influence. Although, like, I didn't get into like graffiti or I should say stencils until I was like 28, mm-hmm. uh, but I did appreciate graffiti and stuff like that. Um, and I think I took it from like in regards to stenciling as um, uh, kind of Tagger's uh, way of doing. Uh, the shit because these guys like Meow and Stanley they kind of like I'd hang out with them and they'll go on everywhere yeah and I thought that was the way to do it do you know what I mean yeah yeah. so I I just did that yeah they they were pretty prolific those guys oh yeah yeah, totally yeah you know like they haven't been around for years and you can still see remnants of them around Melbourne today oh yeah definitely yeah Yeah. it's it's good to see so from the time spent with like um, Stan and Bones and Meow we are like is that how you got into doing like rollers on the train lines and everything as well? Oh yeah, 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 pretty much. Like they'd invite me to go out and do stuff with them, but I was kind of lazy as well, and I was kind of a bit uh, apprehensive or scared that I'll get uh, caught by the law. Uh, but like, um, then after a while, I just got into it. I thought, oh yeah, well I'll give it a go. Yeah, 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 because it stood out because there weren't many um, street artists doing that sort of thing. Like you were sort of, uh, I guess, crossing over a bit, like. And, oh, the, yeah, and yeah. the guy and the people you're associating with, like 70k, like in that in that era, were yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they were notorious. Oh yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've developed a pretty iconic uh, way of doing your um, your stencils, like they're uh, you know, like a lot of people can just cut out like an image and, and spray it in black, and all the images sort of blur together, like the artists blur together. Whereas the way you do it with um, your colour palettes and your subject matter, I guess, is it's really iconic. You, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, with stenciling it was a learning process, like trial and error. So, like um, when I was doing one layer stencils, I started to uh, do or try to do more layers. And the more layers I did, the more uh, I wanted to um, uh, experiment with trying to get stencils to be photorealistic. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's mainly like a learning experience for me, and I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. After all these years. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's good. You don't want to be like, um, you know, having your head that you've nailed something, and oh yeah, yeah, totally. You don't don't get any joy from it, do you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I went to your um your latest show in uh, in Collingwood, and uh, and that was a real um real change from the the stuff I've normally seen from you. 
Oh yeah, right. yeah. What was the motivation um, behind that? Uh, I'm just trying to like uh, break free from um, stenciling. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, want to draw more, um, and uh, kind of like um, it's more of like uh, uh, for me, it's like a return to uh, discover my tribal uh, roots, if you know what I mean. Like being a New Zealand Maori, mm. um, so I'm trying to incorporate uh, Maori artwork into my artwork. Uh, or whatever it is that I'm trying to do, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, a lot of your work's been really uh, Australian-based in the past, like oh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, with your Australian icons and stuff. But now you're sort of um, going back to your Kiwi roots. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, being uh, uh, Australia, kind of getting absorbed into the culture. So yeah. what what of uh, like my past work's all about like Australian popular culture, but like I'm trying to present it in a way that's kind of kitsch, or I should say the um, artwork looks kind of kitsch. Um, or uh, kind of like real but kind of unnatural if you know what I mean yeah 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 because yeah, I noticed that you'll have like the, um, I guess your your current Australiana icons and um, but they're yeah they're, like the colour palettes they're done in it is, is um, yeah really bright and yeah 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 you know, like you have a pink Eddie Maguire and stuff like that yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it's all an experiment yeah yeah, yeah. so you, you've been like living off your art for the whole time you've been in Australia uh, oh, I've had part-time jobs over the years. Yeah. Like, for example, I was a bouncer at the Great Britain Hotel. Oh, yeah. So I was working there like... Uh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Friday nights and Saturday nights. Yeah. And uh, that pretty much just paid uh, bills. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I didn't really, like, uh, like I quit my... Um, well, I should say I haven't worked in, like, since 2007, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I quit my part-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, actually, when I first came to Australia, I also did um, hard rubbish. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the best job I ever had. Like, yeah. I worked three days a week. Yeah. Um, but I would like um, start at like seven and finish at uh, around about like say one thirty, and then I would go to the beach and go for a swim or whatever, and then go back to work and clock off at like six. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I did that every day for like three years. But like with hard rubbish, like do you have to just go around in the truck and just pick up everyone's hard rubbish off the street? Uh, yeah, so it was like, um, it wasn't like where everyone in the street puts out their hard rubbish. It was like um, you call up the council and make a booking and then they give me the address and I go to the address and pick up the rubbish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You score any uh, good stuff out of that? Oh yeah, heaps of shit. Yeah. Once I found $600 cash. Serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone's just throwing it away? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, they may, maybe they forgot about it. Do you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. Like you come across stuff like that. Yeah. That was a good good day at the office. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So when you when you were working as a bouncer, did you see uh, much action? Uh, no, not really, because it's more of like a student pub and yeah. locals pub. Um, yeah. Like to be honest, like I fell asleep there a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I actually uh, once got punched in the face when oh. I threw this dude out, and some one of his mates turned around and sucker punched me. Yeah. And uh, then I had to go to the hospital, and I got a. Uh, two stitches in my lip. Oh, yeah. that's no good. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's the only exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I could imagine you, like, with some you know, young students come up, you just sort of bear hug them and oh, calm yeah, them down, yeah. drag them out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, nothing nothing happened there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So getting back to your artwork, like, living off that, have you, um, have you like, discovered, like, a, a technique that it's good for generating cash off art? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do portraits, like, um... $120 portraits for people. Yeah. Um, and that pays for my rent pretty okay. much. And I get a few of those all the time. Yeah? Yeah. It's pretty and good. they're just six layer stencils. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 
Okay. So, um, like, how, how do you advertise that you do there? Uh, I just tell people, word of mouth. Yeah. Or other people tell other people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and also I do uh, stencil workshops, and that's another good way to generate a bit of cash. Yeah. So, like, um, like I've done stuff uh, in all over, all over Australia, pretty much. And I've even done stuff in, like, Singapore through the Australian High Commission. Yeah. And uh, in PNG, um, which is really cool. How would you get involved with all that? Do you apply um, for uh, government grants or? Oh no, I just got an email saying, "Oh, hey, do you want to do some workshops?" Oh, yeah, yeah, nice one. And and with you, um, like, because you've been in a lot of like collections over the years as well, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so with your um, with your portraits, like, because you're selling them reasonably cheap, you, you're doing that to cover your rent. But then when you're um, having a big exhibition, do you keep your prices around the same or? Oh, oh yeah, uh, my prices are pretty cheap. Like. Um, I understand how the art market works, and it's just like a big, massive game for yuppies to capitalise off the artists and uh, pretty much everyone who buys art, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so, like, um, I believe that like um, art, uh, the value of art is whatever the artist wants it to be, whether it, they want it to be like thousands of dollars dictated through someone else, obviously, or like twenty dollars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a subject I, I um I struggle with, like to get my head around. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I was um when I was living in London, I was working for Christie's over there. Yeah. Yep. And I was looking at art, like laying out their catalogues, and um and I so I'd see the piece and I'd see who made it and some info about them, and then um and then also the price. Oh, and yeah. I, it was just I was blown away at the prices, and I just couldn't work out why certain things were worth so much and yeah, it was yeah. it's it's almost like um popularity contest you know oh, yeah yeah and it's like um there's certain elements that make someone a lot more collectible it's like oh if they're dead their the prices skyrocket because oh, they're yeah, not yeah, making totally. any more art and i don't know if someone's someone's hot like at the time their yeah, price yeah. goes up but it doesn't mean it's always going to stay at that price and it's it's pretty much what people are willing to buy, oh, buy yeah, it for. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a fashion statement yeah like here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, that's how they treat artists. Yeah, yeah. And I um and I spoke to one of the guys there who was um, yeah, who who knew a lot more about this than I did. And what I pretty much got back from him was it's like saying um, it's just it's just popularity, and oh, yeah, it's yeah. like saying if if you're uh, it's like saying all right in 1996, the Spice Girls sold the most albums or made the most money out of any other musician, so which means that they're the best. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but they're not. They just sold the most. Yeah, totally. And then it's like, it's then they're discounting like, like Wu Tang Clan or whatever. And then they go, oh, but Wu Tang didn't sell as many albums as them. It's like, yeah, but oh, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. they're much better. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, that's just like a capitalist model that yeah. um, capitalists work by. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting, you know. But um, you're pretty big on your conspiracy theories and all that, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Like, what's what sort of theories have you got? Um, I've got quite a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. Like where do we start? Hit, uh, hit, hit me with your main one. What's your what's your big biggest one? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I actually believe that like uh, reptilian aliens are controlling this planet, and uh, they're farming the human race. And how they do this, you know how we like um, marinate chicken to make it taste good. Yeah. Or pump it full of steroids to make it fat. Yeah. Um, so like what these aliens are doing there, they start up all these uh, corporations, right? Such as McDonald's, KFC, all that kind of crap. And if you're a human, you go to these places and you're constantly eating this food, you're being marinated for the 
reptilian intergalactic supermarket where they'll sell your body after you die on the you know to other space aliens that eat human flesh yeah yeah that's crazy oh yeah 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 so, so like so where did this thought come from uh just from my observations in life okay. like it's kind of obvious like mcdonald's and kfc yeah uh not here for the good of humanity yeah no no at all totally yeah. and um and, sorry go oh and those nike shoes you're wearing that's another reptilian alien uh conspiracy as well no i'm wearing wearing vans oh yeah same thing <laughs> yeah um didn't you uh didn't you build a bunker out somewhere in the country and you've got it filled with food and all that for getting ready for the end of the world or something uh, i can't i cannot confirm or deny that <laughs> okay so so what are some of your other theories because um, i because I've, I've, I've i was in um northern territory a while ago or yeah. a few weeks ago and um i bumped into um uncle up there and he was saying oh he said oh yeah you know haha passed through here the other day and it's like oh yeah he's like gee he's got some crazy theories and it's like oh man i've never spoken to you about your uh your theories yeah 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 well they're perceived as crazy if if you don't know what's going on do you know what i mean yeah uh but like um there is one big theory that is uh or i should say thing that is going to happen it's a um global economy collapse yeah and apparently like um when this shit when shit hits the fan America is going to become a third world country um, and like uh, you really need to like you know be prepared for when this shit happens like for example in Germany um, Hungary and a few other European countries they've told all their citizens to stockpile food for five to six days for this coming economic collapse yeah and it's meant to be way worse than the um, Great Depression of World War one okay as well do you, do you know when that's uh, that's due to Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, sooner than we think. Yeah. So uh, on the internet, a lot of um, trends analysts and uh, financial forecasters are saying that like it's going to happen within um, before the end of the year. Some dudes are saying that it's going to happen um, sometime uh, next year or before the presidential um, uh, shit in America happens. Yeah. <clears throat> So what's what's your theory on the um, on the current uh, presidential election stuff? Um, yeah, it's, do pre- you, it's pretty messed up. Oh yeah, do you watch The Simpsons? Uh, I don't really watch TV. Oh, okay. Much. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, like, um, you can. Watch I, I have it on watched. The mind you, I have watched The Simpsons a lot over the years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Simps- Simpsons have actually predicted that Donald Trump will become president. Um, when was that? Uh, back in the nineties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you jump online and check out uh, Simpsons conspiracies, everything will come to light. Like they also predicted, um, accurately predicted the death of Prince, uh, the Orlando shooting in America, 9-11, like those towers coming down. Um, and there's there's a few other ones as well. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll have to uh, jump on and check that out. Yeah, man, definitely. <laughs> um, getting back to your art then. Or well, we can keep talking conspiracy theories if you want. Oh, oh you yeah. got you got any you got one you want to say? Uh, no, you, I think I've said them all. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, like I remember years ago, you had like a uh, ha ha fan club. Oh yeah, yeah. What, what was what was the deal with all that? Oh, they were just young punks hanging out at my studio. Yeah. Um, so I'd get them to like cut out uh, stencils for me, or you know, do stuff in my studio. Yeah. Clean it up. I don't know. <laughs> but like, uh, they they were all pretty cool. Like. Um, for example, like some of them, um, like got into like, uh, or or have a like like a promising career, we could say through through arts. 
Hi. And then others are, you know, it's kind of like, oh, they have a promising career in uh, the party world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's almost like some of them were artist assistants, sort of learning the learning the craft and the trade. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. And, uh, yeah. and other people just like to party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you still like to party much? Uh, no. no. No, I don't. So I remember you were out and about for a few years there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was uh, in the past. Yeah. I've been uh, transformed. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, I, I do meditation now. That's my parting. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um, and what's, like, sparked the transformation? Um, I had this dream uh, about the end of the world, and this alien came to me in my dreams and said that I need to, like, uh, start meditating, otherwise I'll be destroyed at the end of the world. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. how long have you been meditating for? Uh, four years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, it helps keep you pretty level out of day. Uh, kind of. Like, I find that if I meditate in the morning, I feel really good until lunchtime, then it just wears away. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what, do you do two sessions a day, or...? Uh, no. Just no? one. Just one. Like, I, I think, uh, if you want to meditate, as long as you're meditating, like... Like, you could be cutting stencils, that's a form of meditation, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or making art. Yeah. Making music, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just concentrating on something other than your thoughts in your head, eh? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So, you're, you're currently, uh living at your studio this is a a, th a, a thing for you isn't it oh, um, this is a, only the second one i've known you to live at but uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah it's a cheap way of living yeah you know what I mean? yeah um but like uh after a while you have to like um you know get out and uh go some like go into the bush or something like that yeah and unwind from the evil uh city yeah yeah, yeah. i think um I, i'm a big fan of doing that i've oh, yeah, um, yeah, spoken cool. about it a bit on on the podcast just uh just every, you know, at least once a month or something, just going bush, getting out. The, yeah, yeah, totally. Even, or coastal, or just anything, just getting out in nature. Oh, yeah, yeah, totes. Just, yeah. Um, I think it really resets your clock. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it gets rid of all the negative energy as well. Yeah, and you can come up with more ideas as well. Like, I find whenever I return, I'm, I'm refreshed and, and ready to, to paint, and I've got new ideas in my head and, yeah, yeah. you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah, cool. So, who do you share a studio with at the moment? Um... So there's quite a few people here actually. Uh, the studio is called What Studios, mm -hmm. and it started like, uh, we'll say, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got Felix. He also lives here. Um, there's a comic book artist called Braddock. He's got a studio. Um, Adonate's got a spot here. His dad's here. Dean's is here. Uh, Jess, uh, she makes jewellery. Um, and then there's um, Nick Eyes. He's an oil painter. Um, and oh, and the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. So he paint or he just looks after the place? No, he's a sculptor. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, but like um he's building a house in the backyard there. Oh was that him on the um saw before? Oh I don't know. Could yeah. have been. Yeah. <laughs> Next saw here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so do you guys like uh hook each other up with jobs and stuff like that like, um, it's like say so, uh, say you're really busy with work and then a, a job comes in do you like handle um, oh, job yeah, clients yeah. around the studio a bit uh, kind of uh, I only hand, handball stuff to other people mm. um, unless there's uh, something that kind of suits um, you know an artist here do you know what I mean yeah 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 because yeah, I guess it, uh, they don't always fit the mould there yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. So do you find it, um, it, it like works for your career, like being around other artists? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool because you feed off other artists as well. Yeah. Um, and because everyone's creative, um, like there's some kind of creative energy that kind of like lingers around in the studio and like you can just tune into that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
I find that as well with my like I share my studio with I don't know I think there's up to 16 people there mind you I've never seen more than like eight or ten people there at once oh yeah, yeah. but um I find like there'll be times when no one's doing any work everyone's just sitting around and talking and drinking beers or whatever and then other times I'll look around and everyone's got their head down and working on something and it's it's like um I don't know they're all working as everyone's working as one almost you oh, know yeah, but yeah. on their individual projects it's uh yeah I think it's something to do with uh studio collective consciousness so like uh whether everyone's working or just sitting down talking shit mm. um it's all part of the parcel yeah yeah yeah. and i find that if everyone's sitting down talk sitting around and talking and uh and you're trying to get some work done it can be really frustrating because oh, yeah. i guess you're not um synced with them yeah know? that's right yeah totally yeah. the dominant energy is taken over yeah yeah so do you um have you been like uh exhibiting overseas much uh yeah i've had uh I've done some stuff overseas, um, let me think. So the last time I did something was um, last year in Singapore, uh, there was a project called 50 Bridges mm -hmm. and um, the Australian High Commission uh, gave Singapore for their 50th um, birthday, oh no, f uh, sorry, uh, 50, 50th uh, anniversary of independence, they gave them um, street art, um, barbecues and street performance and they got like um, six street artists from Australia to go there to work with um, Singaporean street artists and we just painted murals there mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you've um like you've worked your way up in the contemporary art scene a lot like I've been watching you over the years and you've been like getting in there with like national galleries and all that type oh, yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. like are you still chasing that or are you just sort of cruising along with your artwork or um yeah, I'm trying to like uh, do more stuff, um, like nationally, mm. um, or try and get into these places. Uh, but it's kind of hard, though. You know, like um, there's a shitload of other artists trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but like, if it comes my way, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you go about getting in those situations or those collections? Like, do you chase them or do you, they come um, to you? No, I think they come to you. Yeah. Like, I've never really chased anything. Um, but like. Uh, in regards to the National Art Gallery or whatever, their collections, um, they're interested in movements, like art movements, um, or it could be like music or books or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's kind of something of interest, they'll kind of like study that movement for quite a while. And yeah. then they'll just, oh, look, let's buy some work or let's get someone who's in that scene to do the shit for us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's how they operate. But all you have to do is just be... Uh, at what you do and also do something that no one else has done before yeah yeah because do you remember that um what was it the space invaders exhibition the national gallery of australia oh, yeah, put yeah, on yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about it this morning actually because I, I was looking at i had still at the catalog at home yeah and like i was involved in that and you were and a, bun a bunch of other people um but i was thinking they they should do a, a round two of it because most of the people involved in that art i mean in that um art exhibition were at the start of their careers oh, yeah, yeah, and they totally. got bought up then. But now uh, most people have progressed in their careers and they've refined their style and they've developed their art. And um, I think it's it's a good time for them to sort of do a round two and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. get and do well, another exhibition. Know. Anything's yeah. possible these days. Yeah. So if you're listening, National Gallery of Australia, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. like uh, get back in touch. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any um, up and coming exhibitions? 
I know you just um, had a solo show, but uh, oh yeah, I'm in this group show in Sydney. Uh, no. It's at the end of the year. Uh, it's at um, Ambush Gallery. It's all about conspiracy theories, and they're bringing out the guy. Oh, actually, don't quote me on this, but I think um, they're going to bring out David Wilcock. This um, it's kind of like a conspiracy new age kind of dude. Yeah. Um, and he has a program uh, where whistleblowers can come forward and um, give witness testimony about. Uh, the American military's involvement with extraterrestrials. So he's had a few uh, dudes come forward and um, give all this evidence about like um, how um, there's a breakaway human civilization that's way more advanced than uh, we are currently now. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got bases on the moon and Mars and shit, spaceships. Okay. Interesting shit. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Totally. So do you, uh, do you have any other plans for the future, like, uh, other than that show? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, what I'm working on, um, it's kind of like uh, not the main focus, but, like, uh, it's something I've been working on for quite a while. So what I do is with my stencils, right, um, I cut, I count all the cuts that I do. Because mm -hmm. I, I can cut with both my left and right hand. Oh, serious? Yeah, yeah. So I cut, count each cut that I make with both hands, the bits that come out, as well as the time taken. So I've made all these graphs um, uh, over the years, and um, what I want to do is like uh, uh, get the numbers and transform them into like musical notes, and try and do a composition of uh, like say for example I did your portrait, mm -hmm. and I've got all this uh, mathematical d data. Yeah, I could transfer that into music and make a composition of your portrait. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's what I've been working on. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know how to read music. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's not too hard. I learned it when I was a kid. Oh, okay, yeah, right. I can't right. remember now, but um, I've, I've also, I've learned other languages as well, and I found that really difficult, but I found um, learning to read music, it wasn't too hard. Oh, okay, yeah, right, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, I think go for it. Oh, yeah, I have jumped online and did some tutorials on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on what uh, instrument you play as well. I'm, don't quote me on that, because I don't know much about it these days. I was just a kid, yep. and... Uh, so do you have any like um, like dream goals and aspirations? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've got a few. Uh, like I want to do more bronzes. Yeah. Um, I also uh, I want to live to a uh, hundred. If I live to a hundred, I'll give myself a pat on the back because yeah. that means I've existed for a hundred uh, revolutions of the Earth around the sun. That'll be totally awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. And uh, if the Queen's still alive, I'll get a letter from the Queen, and I'll get it and I'll burn it. <laughs> and send it back. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, so if you, uh, if you got, like, you know, the podcast is called Bench Talk. If you got a chance to keep back on the bench and have a talk with anyone, like living or dead, like, who, who would that be? Oh, fire up. That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe Pythagoras. Yeah. Yeah. What would you chat about? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've read a few, but oh, maybe Ned Kelly as well. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Um, and like, and what, like thinking back to when you first came over here and started, started your artwork and everything, like what advice would you give yourself um, back then, like knowing? Oh, you know, yeah. Now? Um, like just uh, do whatever it is uh, you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that's my advice. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of just go with the flow, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think too much. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Like Nike. Um, no. <laughs> Nike's kind of evil. Yeah. It's kind of like that Nike tech is a representation of Saturn's ring. 
Yeah. Um, and if you do a lot of research into who Nike is as a god, um, all this interesting information will come up. Yeah. But I won't say too much. I think your listeners should uh, do some research. Yeah. Yeah. And um and like, where's the best place for people to see your art online? Uh, I've got a website, but it needs updating, so I'm going to build a new one. Uh, well, not me, but someone else's, uh, and it'll be out next uh, end of the year. Yeah. The end of the year. And yeah. what's the URL for that? Oh, uh, my website is regantamanui.com. Yeah. Yeah. And you on Instagram as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Regan Tamanui, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, that's my uh, username, Regan Tamanui. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, it's been good sitting down with you. It's been good to catch up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Likewise, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Ha ha. <laughs> For more info on today's artist, uh, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to previous episodes and also see images from the artist that's been interviewed. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That way you can get the podcast delivered to your phone uh, automatically every week when an episode comes out. Uh, while you're there, it'd be great if you could uh, rate and review the podcast. That way uh, we'll get noticed by more people and have more people listening to it. You can also keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast on Instagram, uh, bench underscore talk. Uh, also streaming now on Facebook and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to tune in next week. Thanks.